you said yesterday that Avraham Avinu embarked on a journey of exploration of understanding until he became a Navi. And we saw he said when he became a Navi, then just like the Pasuk says, Hashem told Avraham to go out of the influence of the stars. The way that the Kuzari explains that is that Hashem also told him to go out of the understanding which we try and get from the stars. Because Chachmotivis Musopekis. Chachm which comes from understanding the world which is Musopek, it's not as clear as prophecy is. And then he explained after that that even uh, the philosophers, he gives the example of Plato, who knew the love Yirmiyahu, admitted that they had a, 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 an awareness of wisdom which they as philosophers didn't have. And it's another Chazal which is interesting, he doesn't bring, but it's a very famous Mirish uh, Rabbah in the Psichot to Eicha. And it says that Yirmiyahu Novi, as we know, was one who wrote Eicha, and the Novi who was the witness to the Khurban, he was sitting and crying over the ruins of Yerushalayim. And uh, the Midrash says that the philosopher Plato happened to, I don't know what he was doing there at the time, but he happened to see him. So he said to him that a Chacham doesn't cry over stars. Broken sounds, that's not okay. It's nothing that tragic that the person has to yeah, put things in perspective. Okay, so you know, it's not, not something to cry about. A man of wisdom doesn't cry about such things. So. It was a beautiful. I don't mean crying over stones. I mean crying over the beautiful building. Yeah, it's a building. It's okay, but at the end of the day, it's a building, you know. So we can understand you know, the extreme, you know, emotion is and out of place in philosophy for such a. Thing. So you have someone to cry over the twin towers, and also you would say the same. So, yeah. If you're crying about the building, okay, so it's not, it's not such a tragedy, it's a building. Maybe the destruction that it represented, like the so loss of that, life and the so loss of uh, the So the Navi answers him, and the Navi says, This is Plato, as a philosopher, I'm sure you have many unresolved philosophical dilemmas. Is this something? So he answers, Tell them to me. So he does, and each each question or each topic that Plato had, Yermio answers him. So when he's finished, so he says, Well, I have one more question, that's what I began with. He said, now you've proven to me what a Chacham you are, and how much you understand on the level of intelligence. Now it just makes my original question stronger. So why are you crying about the building? So Yermiel answered him. This is obviously where he was leading him to, by first answering all of his questions. But Yermiel answered him. He said, all the Chachma that I have came from this building. What was he trying to say with that? Because, uh, and this is that's in the point of the Khazari, he doesn't quote the Chazal, but it's the same underlying principle which he's trying to bring out that Fadal are saying there as well. And that is, the, the idea of the Beis Amikdash wasn't the fact that it was a beautiful building or it was something which we were proud of as a landmark. Uh, the idea of the Beis Amikdash was it was a place through which we got the birth. And as we know, that at the destruction of the first Beis Amikdash, there were no new Nivim. There were existing Nivim who continued their career as the as Nivim until they died, but there were no new Nivim. Which means, the Jimmyah was crying about uh, the shaks of the that wasn't the building, it wasn't the stones, it was the last of Nebuah. And now what Chazal was telling us is that Nebuah wasn't just the spiritual um, that Nebuah gives, the connection to Hashem, or the ability to be told the future, or whatever other level the Navi might have. There was a certain Chachma which came with Nebuah too. There was a certain Chachma which came with Nebuah as well. And that was something which Jimmyah was trying to show Prater, because as a guy, as a non-Jew, he wouldn't be understand the idea of Shekhinah. But if you're a philosopher and you understand wisdom, so I'll, I'll show you how much wisdom I have in the terms that you'll appreciate that, and I can explain to you that that wisdom came from the Besamekdash. 
And this the word came with wisdom? Yeah, this is something we need to understand. Where did we understand the verb was prophecy, being able to speak to Hashem, uh, knowing the future, a high level of ruchnis, of being on a spiritual plane. What's it got to do with wisdom? What's it got to do with wisdom? Where do we see that uh, the concept of prophecy came together with Chachmah? And wisdom of a nature which would impress a philosopher. We had the concepts, and just expanding aside again because that's what he's really coming to here. And that is, and I want to say it not to di- answer the question directly, but to say something similar, which the Vilnagon writes in his Akdamid on Sifrit's news that's what I brought then as well, and it's brought, it's recorded in the, in the introduction to the Vilnagon's commentary on the Tsar, the part of Tsar calls the Sifrit's news, it's part of the Tsar, so the Vilnagon has a commentary on that, and the introduction says like this He says, People spend their lives amassing wisdom. And he talks about what's called the seven forms of wisdom, the Shevach Achmistachtanius. Uh, whether it's science, whether it's biology, whether it's mathematics, uh, interesting Hansa, which maybe it says engineering or architecture, the different forms of physical wisdom that there are in the world. And they're going to help us. He's relying on artificial intelligence, therefore. But it's uh, whatever the case is, so the forms of wisdom that the answers are in the world is people spend their time amassing wisdom. And he says, for a person who's learning Torah, they're learning to spend their time amassing wisdom. And uh, he says the reason is because in order to understand Torah, the purpose of Torah, so a person has to have an understanding of these concepts. And therefore, instead of having to spend time as learning them as a topic on their own, for the person who's learning Torah, he comes to that Chachma through the Torah. But it doesn't just mean that if we had to spend time learning the topic through Torah, the Mashmas of the God is it comes as, a, as automatically. By learning Torah, it's an automatically a person is given that book to the two. The Chafetz Chaim talks about this from the God in the Torah, and the Chafetz Chaim gives a marshal for it. And the Chafetz Chaim's marshal is, imagine I wanted to go to the store, a gift store, and I go to the cashier and I say, I'd like to buy wrapping paper. For sure, it involves a wrapping paper, because how much it cost. But if I'd be buying something in the store and I say to the person, please wrap it for me, so then he doesn't charge me to wrap paper. Why I'm doing the paper either way. The Chavetz Chaim is marshal. And he says the difference is, is that that's what you came to get, you get the paper. But if you're buying something which is more expensive, so this is an added thing, you get it for free. So it comes along with for free. And the, the Chavetz Chaim uses it to explain what's going on. If a person wants to learn uh, whatever other form of wisdom it is, um, so then it's like buying a paper. That's what you wanted to learn. So then you have to put time and effort and uh, understanding. But if a person wants the Torah, which is more valuable, so then it's given to him like the Torah, it's given to him as a, as a gift to, in order to enable him to understand the Torah. And that's what we find back in the Torah himself and other Torah, that they had an awareness of physical Chachma, or whatever nature it was. I always give an example because it's just it's so obvious. Um, the Torah himself. Like, we know that there was, there's a certain a principle of astronomy until today, of how the how, how the planets rotate, it's called Kramer's theorem, or Kramer's theorem. And where does it come from? It comes from the Villagon. His name is already Kramer. And not that uh, the Villagon was a professor of astronomy, but the story goes that the professors, the professors of astronomy, of the universities of Berlin, wherever else they were, didn't understand this. And then they heard that there was this incredibly wise man in Vilna, so they traveled specially from wherever it was in Germany to Vilna to ask him. 
community he agreed to speak to them to tell them to make a Hashem maybe and they explained to him what they didn't understand in how the system works in astronomy so if I wrote for two minutes he said if you bring me paper I'll show you how to and he, he basically outlined the theorem which is today one of the main principal axioms of how astronomy works it's called Kramer theorem after him the other guy now he never learned astronomy but he learned Kiddush HaKadosh or he learned Mesa Bereshi so whatever it's going to be and that's what he says himself. The principle that Chachma comes as a gift for a person who is learning Torah. That's as far as that's as far as um, goes in relation to Torah. Now, once you know the principle, so let's apply the principle to what the Chazari is saying here and what the Midrash tells us about Yirmiyah. And that is that Yirmiyah was showing Plato. Yes, Yirmiyah didn't spend years debating philosophy or theorizing about how things work in the world. So how was he able to answer questions of philosophy? That wasn't his topic. It wasn't his field. It wasn't what he gained experience in. What he wanted to show him is that it's something we get automatically. If, if, if you have nevur, so then a lower form of chokhmah comes by itself. It's like given to you with something which is higher than that. And therefore he said, Plato, I can answer all your questions. And if Plato asked him one second, then I'm the philosopher. And I've debated all the points and I've Thought it through. So how are you going to? Uh, these are questions which, in the field of philosophy, don't have an answer. So how are you answering them, Yirmiyah? And the answer is, I have a source of wisdom which is not based on your principles of philosophy. And that's what uh, in what the Qazari said here. He says that we, the the philosopher, the philosopher who was basically philosoph- philosophy met the Navi, and uh, he saw that the Navi could, could answer him things he didn't know. He says later, I'm not going to answer you in the way you got there. In other words, I'm saying philosophy could be Plato was right. The extent of what philosophy can get to, maybe couldn't satisfy his, 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 his queries. But he says, I'm coming from a different point. And that is from a, a source of information from the Chachm of Hashem. And Salam Ahadim Vatar is Samitius. Therefore, is what the, what the Khazari is really saying, now if I understand it better, is that it wasn't that Avraham Avinu's um, understanding was wrong. But that was the understanding that a person can get to without Nebuah. Once a person gets to Nebuah, so then the level of understanding, what they understand changes. And the way that they get that information changes. And now Avraham never, no longer needed to come to that conclusion and try and explain and prove that Hashem created the world. Because now it's not something which he needs to access human intelligence to get to. Uh, as, as a Nabi, he would be aware of that on a much deeper level. And but he a, recognized it before it became a Right, that's a future. But what the king asked him is, why do we need the process? The answer was, that that's all a process for a person trying to understand as a person who understands. When a person becomes a Nabi, then that's no longer necessary. I mean, let's give a proof which we can relate to. And that is, if, 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 if in the world of today, when there are many people who don't believe that there's a spiritual world, there are many people on the other end, unfortunately, who deny that there's a Hashem. And now we would get into an argument or conversation with one of these people, and we'd have to try and prove Hashem. So how would we do it? We would use whatever physical proofs which we can relate to, or logic which we can understand, and use it to prove Hashem. But once a person's seen the book, so now that all those proofs are fall by the wayside, there's no need to try and logically explain something when you have a much better source of information. You know it. You know it. You've experienced it. And it's the same thing with Chachma. And trying to understand is a human endeavor based on what people can can work with and can construe their logic. Whereas when it comes to the level of a Nabi, then they're given so much more. So we made that there's a, there's a different level of 
of, of awareness. You know, there's a very interesting thing. That's very often when the Gemara mentions things from Shlomo HaMelech, which are quotes, he quotes from Mishle, or quotes from Gehenes, whatever it's going to be, when those are things that Shlomo says, says That's what Shlomo said in his wisdom. And it doesn't say about other people. It doesn't say we're quoting a passage from Tehillim, that that's what David said, or anything else. Now we know Shlomo was a bigger Chacham, the passage says so. But why does he have to repeat that in the Gemara every time as Shlomo explains it? This is what he said, Bechachmosli. So I heard an answer from Rosh Shapira. He said that as opposed to other Nevi'im, what they said was what they got bin Vu'asam. And therefore what they're saying to us is what they read knew from the Vu'ah. So Shlomo, the Gemara is telling you that no, this, was, this wasn't from the Vu'ah. This was something which, as because Hashem made him a bigger Chacham, that's more intelligent. He gave him more wisdom. That's something he got to through wisdom. It wasn't through the roots of the book. Okay, so that's the idea of the difference that is between the two. The book of the who says in Sefi Yitzira, Bustayid Hasar Achodim, Shemaskimim Aleim Bemizuch Vemayra, Mibilti Shiyavi Azetel Vrayachrim Secha. Avla Sadilaki. It says, you see that the Sefi Yitzira says that we break the world up into ten. And the ten units which make up the whole, and if we talk about the ten spheres, if we talk about the words of Ruchnis, which make up a whole. And he said, and this is an observation which is very interesting. The Chacham says the whole world recognizes that these principles of units and tens. The units make tens. That's why we can't. Ten fingers. Yeah, and he says, yes, we have ten fingers. That's true. But he says you don't see any natural system. Fingers might be very exception, but he says. We don't find that there's a natural reason why people would necessarily count in tens. Right? Why, 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 why does that become a unit of integers of ten? We're so used to it. Maybe, maybe it should be twelve. You count in twelve, like the hours of the day. Or sixteen. Where the other number you choose also. What, what way to ten? So we said there was a certain awareness in the world that, that there's units and there's, and there's clothing, like gen- generality. And you know that, that each ten makes a, makes a full, a, a full a bigger number when you start again. That only comes from Kabbalah. And if you want another example of that, which he doesn't bring, but I've that as well, and that is the idea of seven days in a week. There isn't any natural system you see in the world of seven days. Days, father, days, father, days, there's no difference. Uh, we talk about a month, you can see the moon. You talk about a year, you can see where the position of the world is the same. But by a week, there's no physical representation of something which happens every seven days. And yet the whole world works on a seven-day week. Where does it come from? Once again, it's coming from the the ruchnius which runs in the world and that system is even if not understood but it's there so the Chodar is given this as an example of a basis in Chachma which is understood by people even if they don't have a way to prove it I mean today the world is much more like that when you have the metric system everything is made up of tens tens or hundreds or whatever it's going to be why was that the why was that the the, the number of choice you could divide anything we wanted to but uh, he says, and this is a, I mean, there could be other reasons mathematicians would give you, but uh, the Kazari says very simple He says, because there's a certain knowledge which came from a spiritual sense, which we don't necessarily, aren't able to prove in logic, but we, we, we work with it because we know it's there. And therefore he says, what it says about, uh, this is the end of Sefer Torah, when it quotes the spheres, it says, Masha'am is Esa Spheres Pelima. So, Esesphere is Blima. He says. Number 10 was in Hebrew letters before. Blima, which he does with, is to blame people that Davis is Sefi Tira. 
In other words, you must keep close your mouth when you're talking about it and blow your lip from the higher. Close your heart from thinking about it, which means that he's telling you that if a person's not on the level to understand it, we know that there's such a thing. The idea of the world being divided into ten, even if I can't explain it or I can't understand it, but we know that's something which we've received, so to speak, as such a system. Ten spheros. In ten spheros, which is the starting, uh, the starting point of the idea of something, um, a whole which is divisible into ten. If a, if a person's thoughts run away with him, so shiv the makam. Return to the makam, which means that it comes from Hashem. And the, so he's basically explaining the last, uh, last Mishnah, Sefi Tir. It talks about this. There's ten spheres which a person mustn't think about and talk about. And if, if a person's thoughts do in that direction, come back to the makam. And the way he's explaining that is, it's not something we can explain. And therefore, don't try and give an explanation physically of why it's like that, because it's not something which we can explain by a marshal or anything in the physical world, in a sense. And if a person wants to think about it, then shed the makam, go back to understand, it comes from Hashem. That's the source of wisdom. And that's where things change. As opposed to until now, when he spoke about, in Sophie Yatira, talks about various things we see in the world and how Abraham Avinu understood them, now we say there's a certain level of Rukhmiyas which we accept if a person knows it, and uh, we don't have to try and explain it. We don't have to beam today. The Kabbalah works on the same track. Which means the things we accept. Or we, we're told that that's, what, that's how they are, that's what they are. And uh, we can't try and like, land it up with the way we see things here. We have to understand that's the way it is. But Avram Avinu understood it. Avram Avinu understood it. But he's saying post too. In other words, now that he got the level of becoming a novice, then he got to a high level of understanding. And that, that then it says, and this is where it ends, that Hashem took Abraham Avinu and made a, a covenant with him, um, and that was what Hashem spoke to him. So now we've gotten to the stage beyond the approach of what we can understand through our understanding, where, we, where Abraham Avinu gets to becoming a novel. This is again, it's going to Dasha Sefi Tira. What Sefi Tira says is that, that this, the essay which we spoke about, which means the ten series, or the ability to subdivide every level into ten, it goes in every single thing from the beginning until the end. It's no seven, which means on every level we're going to talk about, everything is subdivisible by ten, and it's subdivisible by ten again. And he says it's like a shalhevis, What does it mean? If I have a call, the call's hot. Right now, it might be a glowing car, it has no flames. I blow it, and when I get flames. So he says, it's the same thing. Everything I see in the Bria can be, so to speak, divided into ten. So I don't see those ten necessarily, but it's like it's hidden within the nucleus of each thing. It uh, can be subdivided further. That's the process within everything that comes from the understanding of the Kabbalah. And always understanding the world from Rukhni's hands. The Da'av HaShay V'tzor, Shayet Se'echad V'en Beladoi, as much as a person can try and understand and see things in the world, the point to remember is that the Yetzir, the Creator, is one. And therefore, we, we, we're going to have this problem. Because we're going to go back to that, that, that Shorosh and say, for this Baruch as a source. So, where, where do we see that starting points of when He creates things, even though we spoke about a process before of Hashem Kedesh, now we're going to go back to and talk about um, that there's a concept of uh, that original creation divided, which 
Shankar divides into its ten chalakim, which would be the ten spheres of each level. So that's something which is in the, in the category of what he said at the beginning. We can't explain how it happens. In other words, we know the Russian created, there were ten. So there were ten different units or chalakim, parts of whatever Hashem created. Now, Hashem created one first, then the other one, and the third one, and the fourth one. What was the process of creating the spheres? There wasn't one. This is something the category we spoke about yesterday. The Russian created, it happened. It was, there was, we don't have a process of how the spheres were created. Even the result. He says, it's his muscles also that Russian. That it was, the atom, it was always there. This is something which we, it's revealed at a later stage, but of course, when Hashem creates it, it's nothing there. How did Hashem do that? We don't know. That's not something we meant to emulate. That's not something we can do as well. And therefore, he's going back to what Sukkot already said, and that's true. There are elements of the creation which we don't have a process for, and uh, Hashem wanted them to be, and they were, in their final form. And why not? Because those elements which a person is not meant to participate in, is not meant to emulate, so things like that, we, we weren't given information. Or Hashem didn't do it in a way, or explain that in a way that we could connect to. It was something which was given as a final product. After everyone's been through the whole process of trying to understand the world and uh, rationalizing and thinking and coming to the conclusions and recognizing it as a bayre, then Hashem appears to him, and Hashem calls him the one who loves him, and the chorus they breathe, then Hashem reveals himself to Avram Avinu, and Avram, Avram is, so to speak, discovered Hashem, and then once he's done that, Hashem reveals himself to him. And he says, Already this was what was expected of Avram Avinu even before he was born. Hashem knew he was going to be the one who would be able to see through the smoke screen of the world and recognize Hashem. And that's to say if it's here ends, because, like I said before, when Avram got the level of Nebuah, so now the Chachmah came through the book. There wasn't a need to try and rationalize and understand it based on the principles that he understood until then. Now obviously the point which is always spoken about in Sefer Tzirah is what are these two different bris in Hashem Eret Avram? There was a bris of his Lashon, of his tongue, and a bris Mir, which we know about. What's well, the other double bris? There's a, well, what are the two, the two different promises Hashem Eret Avram that he made two different covenants with him and he connected one to his tongue and one to the brisket. What's that? What's that? Did? Now, why, why he connected to his ten fingers and his ten toes is a different discussion. The Lashon Zevitzir is Hashem was caressing my bris, Ben Esther Espois Yadov. Hashem had a bris between his ten fingers, and that's the bris Lashon. And Hashem made the bris, Ben Esther Espois Ragdov, between his ten toes, and the bris middle. So, what's the difference between the toes and the middle and the fingers and the tongue? We can understand it's a different discussion. Yes, we understand it. We understand yes, that's like also. But uh, I want to talk about the first one. What is, what is, what is the double bris? What's the bris halashim and what's the bris amida? So we end, so you know, my shem is to say it very briefly the, the principle, and that is what's the idea of a bris? The idea of a covenant is it's not a promise. A promise means I obligate myself to you in some way. A covenant is mutual. It means you obligate yourself to me, and I obligate myself to you, and we're both agreeing to <coughs> this mutual covenant. Okay, so when Hashem is making a covenant with Avraham Avinu, what's the covenant Hashem is making with him? What's it being Mechayev Hashem, and what's it being Mechayev Avraham? So the, let's talk about the one which is Mumu Purush first. That's the Brisbane, the Torah talks about this lots of times. 
This is the bris for Yehovah Nechel. This is the bris forever. It's brisy. Uh, 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 every time the Torah talks about bris mitzvah, it's the bris, the bris, the bris. What's the comment in the bris? And why is it dafka in, in that part of the body? So the Yisrael is like this. Abshem himself says to Kli Tavron Avinu that he wants to make a bris of Tavron. Lias lechara lekim lezarecha charecha to be not just for you, Avram, but Kli, you you going to be the chosen the chosen one to be Hashem's nation. But all your descendants forever, Bnei Avram, which obviously goes through Yitzchak and Yaakov, but Bnei Avram are going to carry within them that any child born to that was going to be Jewish. is going to be a part of Torah Yisrael. So what Hashem is doing with himself is he's Mechaev himself to any child born from Avram or any of Avram's descendants that are going to be part of Torah Yisrael. Me'edoch, if that's the case. Avram's Mechaev himself, that if, if we understand that every... Uh, every uh, child will have a neshama, and that's what Hashem is promising Abraham. So then Abraham's, uh, Abraham's commitment to Hashem is not to destroy those neshamas, not to destroy those neshamas, and therefore to, to to create the child which will be a non-Jew is destroying the neshama which was given to the Zerah Abraham. And that's what the Gemara says, it's famous Gemara in Erevin, that uh, Abraham sees in Gehinnom who has a bris to help him have, except for someone who's by the God. Because they lose their bris. Well, they lose their bris. Maybe as a baby, their parents gave them a bris. But the bris was, we're going to protect. And the shamans are going to be a place. And if someone spoiled a guy, that is a bris. So now they gave the shaman to a guy. So then they aren't faithful to the bris of Avram. They gave the shaman to a guy. 100%. If a Jewish, if a, if a Zerah Yisrael creates the shamans, and a person now creates a child with a guy, which is going to be a non Jew, so then they just let the shamans be ruined. So now that means that Kali Yisrael lost their neshama? So Hashem is getting it back again. It's a whole process. Which, but uh, the Ma'ez of Mitzvah, he wasn't, he wasn't faithful to the bris of Avram, to protect the Jewish neshama. So there aren't 600,000 people who have assimilated over... They're probably much more than that. So we're... And they're much more than 600,000 Jews as well. No matter what? They're much more than 600,000 Jews too. She has to bring the neshama back again. The second time is a good one to fix them up. So that's the... Idea of the bristle. That's one. The second point, and that is, there's a second bristle. The bristle of the Dasha. The bristle of Rav Avinu's time. What is that? So there's a second, so to speak, agreement with Hashem and Rav And that was, that you're going to get Lerim Abba. You're going to get Lerim Abba, and not just Avram, but again, calling Israel, you should call Lerim Abba. So it was a second bristle of Avram. Hashem is willing to give Avram and his descendants Lerim Abba. Now, what do we need to do to get Adam Abba? So Nefesh HaChaim says this. He says, Adam Abba comes through what a person says. He says, when this, uh, he brings the Pasuk in Sheol, the Pasuk says, I put my words in your mouth, to make a, to spread the heavens and to support, firm, firm uh, the, the earth. And as Nefesh HaChaim explains, that just like Hashem created the world with his speech, same thing, Hashem gives a person opportunity to create Adam above Bidi with his speech. So the Torah that a person learns, and the Torah that a person dies, whatever it's going to be, is creating his Adam above. And that uh, Hashem's offering, from his point of view, the priest of Avram, is that I'm going to give that Koyach to your mouth, the great Adam above. What about my Mitzvahs? Mitzvahs um, get rewarded, but it needs the demon to create. Just like that, it has to match what Shem does. Okay. I don't really, what does that mean? 
to create something is a devil. Like Hashem created the devil, we also create the devil. Now, the level of reward you're going to get is for the mitzvahs. So, so it's within. So it's within. So we need we need, we need something to create the item of our first. And in that, we'll have what we'll enjoy. Is that We need like the background, or, like the framework, and then there's different levels within yeah. it. But that was the second breast. That was the second breast, and uh, it was a commitment from Hashem that I'm giving every Jew in with his mouth the ability to create Adam Abraham. But then there's a the second side that's it. And there's a commitment with today not to ruin the fact Because that's also something Yaksha Chaim says that a person can misuse speech to do a Jew, Afka. A mercy of speech will do more damage than anything else. It's the same thing. Once Hashem's connected that kayak to a Jewish speech, you can create Adam Abba with that. Because it's destroyed. Sure. And that's the second table that a person, that Hashem made a second covenant with Abraham Avinu, the rest of the Russian. The rest of the Russian is, I'm, I'm, I'm attaching your Russian to a tremendous spiritual kayak, but you have to commit yourself not to misuse that kayak. You have the ability to create Adam Abba with it. You also have the ability to, to create a tremendous destruction. So that was the gili of Hashem Tabramavino, and uh, it came with these two, these two um, covenants, these two brisim. And that's the Soviet Syrians. Like we said, once Abraham got to the level of the book, there's nothing to write anymore. Now his experience and his awareness comes from being a Novi, which is something which, obviously, as a Novi, is not able to understand. So there's not a Novi, can't. So then we made it, we, we, that, that, that's where. That, that's where the Soviet theory ends. It's a Rami's journey from the initial point of seeing the world to the point where it gets to the world and then goes beyond to a higher level of spiritual understanding.